guys, welcome back to episode two, the second week of Solid Addiction Wrestling. Uh, this week we're going to talk about the pros and cons of WWE and up and coming AEW, where I think they'll stand as um, the singles company in the future, where I think they'll go as if they go at each other like they seem like they're going to. Um, maybe I, the issues I see with the companies, but we'll get into that. Um, we did have a pay-per-view Sunday. It was Stomping Grounds. Started out with a triple threat match where the Cruiserweight title did change hands. It was Drew Gulak that came out top there. Uh, I don't think we'll go into too much detail. I think we'll just go into a few main points of the pay-per-view. Pay-per-view wasn't bad. Maybe not the best, but it wasn't bad. Um, we started out with Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's title. <laughs> there were actually a few botches in there if you guys want to go check that out. The match was okay. Um... I said a few botches, but they they seemed to turn it all around, and Becky Lynch did come out on top there. Um, we had the New Day versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which I don't know what they're doing with, with the New Day now. They seem like they're just running them kind of into the dirt. They make it, I mean, Xavier Rhodes halftime seems like he can't even wrestle. I don't know if it's because he doesn't get in the ring that much here recently or what. I know their main focus is going to be Kofi, obviously champion. But uh, Owens and Zayn did win that match. Um, the one I'm most excited about was Ricochet and Samoa Joe. Ricochet is finally getting that push, it seems. He came out on top. He worked that match. You know, it wasn't it wasn't overdone. Um, obviously, Ricochet is going to be the littler guy. Um, he fought his way up. He told a good story, and he ended up on top. And I'm super glad to see him as United States champion. And to get Samoa Joe out of that role because I'm sick of seeing him with that U.S. title between him and Ray and him and Ricochet, whatever it may be. Like, him coming out there choking somebody out every week, it was getting old. Uh, so it seems like he's finally going to go on. Um, another match we'll look at was we had the other women's title match. It was Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Wasn't a bad match. Uh, Bailey did win. Um... Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Reigns didn't win that match, which ended up turning into it was going to be Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns in a handicap match the next night on Raw. So they finished that match out, led up to one more go at for between them anyway. Uh, that's probably starting to get a little stale but then we had Kingston and Ziggler in the steel cage match which I think had one of the best finishes of the night uh, it was Ziggler was trying to crawl pretty much out of the out of the steel cage and Kofi pretty much went over top of it and his feet did hit the floor first so he did win kept the title and then we had Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins with special guest referee, which was Lacey Evans, which I kind of like what they did there. Uh, the reasoning for it actually turned out pretty good, I think. But we'll go into we'll go into that once we talk about Raw a little bit more. Um, I said wasn't a bad match. Um, Rollins did win that. So, Stomping Grounds. Uh, I said it was a it was a pretty decent pay per view if you want to check it out. 
Uh, I think I'm going to be more excited for Extreme Rules as we get closer to that. But we'll go ahead and talk about Raw. This was probably one of the best Raws I have seen in a while. I know most people are going to disagree with me all. It was trash. It wasn't any better than last week. Whatever. Whatever you may be. But this one actually made me like want to watch it. It started out with Seth Rollins was in the ring talking about, you know, his match from last night, as they normally do. Becky Lynch come out and kind of, like, interrupted him, and they joked around in the ring for a little bit. But then here come Baron Corbin, which, in plain sight, brought Lacey Evans out. And they actually started out for a lead-up to a new match for them, Extreme Rules, but something different we haven't seen in a while, as the both the Raw and Women's title are going to be on the line. And... At Extreme Rules in a mixed tag team match. So I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. And they seem like, as long as they stick to it, they said they're going to like kill that off now and be done with it. So it's after that Extreme Rules match, that they will not wrestle anymore. So hopefully they stick to that word. Um, we started out with a, which the wild card rule, which I think it's only supposed to be like four superstars from each show or nine or something. And I think they had half the fucking SmackDown roster on there last night. They had the Usos in the New Day versus the Revival and Daniel Bryan. I say the two SmackDown teams got eliminated, which then they then restarted the match with the Usos versus the Revival. And I'm a huge Revival fan, or Usos fan. I'm not a huge fan of the Revivals. But the Usos did win, and hopefully we can see them back in the game now, because like I said, that tag team division really needs work, and in my opinion, that's probably the two strongest right now. Um, we had some Miss TV, which actually Carmella and R-Truth got to came out and talk about the 24-7 championship, and we actually got to see a match actually happen in the ring for the title. It was kind of a squash match, but it was Drake Maverick, which I'm sure if you followed OTB anywhere on their social media, you saw that um, they had a story where R-Truth came to the wedding and beat Drake Maverick for the title again. But anyway, they, like I said, it was a kind of a squash match. And then everybody come running out again. And I think the title changed hands like three, four times. I know R-Truth won it twice in the spawn of like 30 seconds, which gave him, I think he's now nine-time champion. Then we actually had a, a neat little segment that was kind of different. They had a tug-of-the-war match between Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman, which led to Braun Strowman obviously ended up pulling Bobby Lashley over, and they got a little scuffle, which actually Bobby Lashley ended up beating up Braun Strowman. So I'm kind of curious to see if they actually get in a real match because they seemed like they had some pretty good chemistry. Um, Kofi Kingston did wrestle. He uh, wrestled Sami Zayn. He beat him, and then Kevin Owens jumped up and ran his mouth again, which started another match, which uh, Kofi Kingston did beat Kevin Owens, which then he got attacked by Samoa Joe. So I'm thinking that's why Samoa Joe is going to leave the U.S. title alone and go at maybe the WWE title. Which I'm kind of iffy on. I think Samoa Joe could make a good champion. And for the main event, we actually had uh, AJ Styles versus Ricochet, which is actually a really respectful match. 
Um, it was really, like I said, a really, really respectful match. Um, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson actually came out and they had a little bit of a thing and AJ Styles told them they weren't going to run the match and made them go back. So I'm kind of curious if maybe are they leaning more towards um, maybe a tag team match between AJ Styles and Ricochet or if they're going to do that kind of a singles thing. That I think Ricochet and AJ Styles could make a great tag team. So I'm kind of curious to actually see what they do with that. So it actually kept me interested last night. But actually, here's a big thing. In the, uh, I want to save this for last because it caught me completely off guard this week. Um, between the handicap match between Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre, they was kind of like beating up Reigns. Um, he didn't seem like he was going to win. All of a sudden, the lights shut off, and here comes The Undertaker. The Undertaker, I will say, compared to the uh, Super Showdown event, he was on fire. Uh, he was out there when he just fast on his feet I and mean, took them out, which actually ended up being announced that uh, it's going to be Roman Reigns and The Undertaker versus Shane and Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules. I, I think that could work. It caught me off guard. i got to give Raw a pretty solid review. I'd say probably a, at least an 8 out of 10. i say the wild card rule was kind of pushed. I, there was a few times that I've seemed like I was fully watching on SmackDown on Monday. So It wasn't bad, though. I, I'm curious to see what they do next week, and hopefully maybe SmackDown tonight will do pretty good. Well, maybe we'll see. So it's going to lead me up to the Where Are They Now segment. This week I kind of chose a, an ECW theme. Um, I chose Mike Knox, Taz, and Kevin Thorne. Mike Knox, you might mostly remember him from his run in ECW with Kelly Kelly. Um, he wasn't bad. He was, I think, more of a heel. They didn't seem to do a whole lot with him more by himself. I think, I mean, at ECW, the second time around, wasn't around that long. So I don't think he had many things going on in there. But he had that run with Kelly Kelly. He's actually only 40 years old now. He's currently working on independent scenes. Um, he wrestled in Impact for a while. In the name of Crooks. He does seem to be active in the wrestling scene still though. I mean, 40 years old, I'm sure he's still got plenty left in the tank. And I don't know, who knows, maybe we'll see him float around one of these days again. Maybe in Ring of Honor or something. I don't think we'll necessarily maybe see him back in WWE at that age, but we can look at Taz. He's currently he's 51 years old now. Um, he had a really strong career in ECW. Uh, that was definitely the peak of his game until he left the ring in 2002, which I believe he went on the SmackDown for a while to announce. He's actually a radio personality now, which he thought he he made a great a great broadcaster, I think. Um, Taz was great I believe he had to leave to uh, neck injuries uh, I think I, I've, I seem to remember a story of somebody talking about like, him being in a match and he broke his neck and he actually ended up finishing the match and driving himself to the hospital and everybody was kind of like distraught that he was able to do that which <laughs> that guy was nothing but muscle anyway so. uh, on to Kevin Thorne uh, he was another one in ECW. The Kevin Thorne, he, he was that vampire guy. He, um, you may remember him. He worked with uh, Ariel. He's now 42 years old. He does seem to still be active in the wrestling scene in the indies. Um, 
when I did look him up, uh, match actually came out from June of last year, I believe. Um, he was actually in a tag team match with Gangrel, which I did watch a little bit of it. Um, but yeah, his, his VCW, Vanguard Championship Wrestling, if you guys want to check that out. I, I think I'm going to go back and check it out a little bit more because that match definitely caught my eye, especially seeing Gangrel. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. But he does seem to be getting out there and performing, which I think is great. I mean, if you're still, you still love the business and you can still do it, then by all means, go out there and do it. But anyway, if there's anyone you guys want to know about, don't forget you can send all those ideas to solidaddictionprojects at gmail.com. Also, don't forget you can follow us on, we're now on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Podcast, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. Um, I'm hopefully, we'll be on Apple Podcasts soon. Um, but anyway, if you could, just leave a review, show some support. It's always appreciated, and I'd love to hear from anyone. Anything you got to say, any ideas, any segment ideas, anything. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. But anyway, let's get down to business with the main thing what this episode is going to be about today. I think of what I think about the pros and the downfalls of the current WWE creative talent and issues along with their strong suits compared to the same of all the elite wrestling. <clears throat> we will start out with the pros of WWE. And remember, these are my opinions. Don't form your own off of what I'm saying. If you feel differently, I'm always going to encourage anyone that's a wrestling fan to love and support all brands. Us as fans is what kept this business alive for all these years. So don't base what I think to sway yourself. So the pros of the current WWE. I'm going to start off with experience. The amount of knowledge and experience those guys have got back there is simply great between the McMahons alone. I mean years and years and years of just experience right there. And that's not including the team arguably responsible for 80% of the Attitude Era. They should, they've got Triple H, they've got Shawn Michaels, Road Dogg, just to name a few, sitting back there. Not counting the greats that, like Finley, that has trained countless people walking through that, those curtains every night. Now here's my issues with that. There's many, many, many greats back there. And I'm, I'm not going to say a bad thing about any of them. And there's no, I don't think there's any blame placed on any of them. I just don't think many of them are in the correct position. They they need to be moved around. They need to let them do more creative, I think. They've lived and they helped make one of the biggest errors on the roster. They know what they're doing. I mean, look at look at NXT. Triple H runs the show and he has Sean back there helping him and people absolutely love it. Like how does that not catch Vince, catch Vince's eye? My problem with Vince is I, I think he seems like he has a little bit of a his way or no way attitude as he did before. He needs that a little kick in the ass again. Just to get him motivated and kind of open his eyes and pay attention. I don't know if he's maybe paying more attention to his little XFL thing or what, but he if he's going to be a main part of the wrestling business, he needs to pay attention to the wrestling business. But... I don't know. On to my next point is it's gonna be creative. Now I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure who the writers are, but I mean, like, do they understand wrestling at all? Um, this whole thing shouldn't be entertainment. It is pro wrestling. 
I've heard Jim Ross say that a million times, and that will stick with me till the day I die. I, that is the most thing about this business I believe in. Scripted, whatever you may be, it is pro wrestling. You are having a wrestling show. Like the terms entertainment, stories, characters shouldn't be in the vocabulary at all. That is for people behind the scenes and the talent to know. And that's where you need to draw the line. Behind that curtain is where that needs to stay. Once you walk through those curtains, you are you need to own who you are. If you're Triple H, you need to be Triple H. You're not Hunter. If you, you know, you're not Mark when you walk through there as the Undertaker. You are the Undertaker. That is the way it needs to stay. Um you're 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 really just you're meant to blur that line between real and fake, if you will. Not using oh, you're not getting a character, you're getting the real deal in your promos. That's it's not believable ones, it's kinda of ridiculous if you ask me. Um, I know I refer back to old times a lot, but ask any old wrestling fan when the good times were. I guarantee you they're not gonna tell you they're now. I guarantee it. But anyway, I mean, those times are still talked about to this day because people still don't know if those moments were real or fake. Shit, half the creative didn't even know things were happening because talent had some sort of freedom to create what the characters were making. And those are some of the best moments that still live in this business. I mean, look at at Hell in a Cell. Before I even see those names, I guarantee you two people came to mind just off the words Hell in a Cell. Why? Because they did it on their own. Mick lied about things that only him and Taker knew. Because they had ability to do that. They made the most talked about moment in wrestling. And that's like what, like 20-25 years later. I mean look at the birth of the Stone Cold promo, promo. I mean that made Stone Cold. Because he had creative ability to do that. I understand they took it like... The talent took chances on some things and just hoped it worked and hoped they didn't get fired. That's part of it, too. However, these people being forced to read scripts word from words, causing ratings to fall, I mean, it's a relieving surprise there. I mean, Goldberg comes back, has a three-minute promo, has creative control, highest-rated segment. I mean, yeah, partly of his name, but still, there's, there's no one paying attention to those things. I mean, come on. Not, no, you're not that dumb. I, I personally think it's more of laziness. On a part of the way I see it, either give the talent more control, write some shit that people can believe and grab onto. I mean, there's no reason for it. There's bad weeks. We're all human. I get that, but for this long, absolutely not. Someone just don't want to do their part. Is the way I see it. I mean, when you when you have Triple H and Vince fighting over things, I mean, there's definitely an issue. Which leads me to my next topic. It's going to be talent. There are so many great guys on that roster. Why are they all being pushed to mid-cards or not even being used at all? I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I mean, I see people asking for EC3 every week, and he just gets squashed. They're not even listening to anybody. And I'm tired of seeing these same main event matches every week or pay-per-view because you can't write something good. It's a cycle that shouldn't happen. And how many people get that crowd pop when their music hits anymore? I mean, like, legit excitement. Two, Becky and Kofi. Why? Because they had to fight their way to the top. They had good stories to push them. Now keep it that way before you kill them, too. It proves you can do it, so why don't you do it? I mean, why why did you kill cruiserweights? People love those cruiserweights. They love all that 
little guy. Every guy doesn't have to be huge. I mean, all I see now is big guys beating beating up three little guys. And if you even if we get to see them, you bring people to the roster that aren't ready, you shove them down our throats. I mean, why is it that Rey Mysterio, Orton, Samoa Joe, Taker are still the people that everybody wants? Because they know how to put on a show. They understand wrestling. It's not a knock on anyone. Creative is partly to blame, more so than not, I'm sure. But shit, I mean, why why do I hear CM Punk chants five years since he's been gone? Even in your main events, where <clears throat> the, it's supposed to be the best part of the night, and I hear CM Punk. Do you not think there's a damn reason for that? I, I'm just a fan, and I pick up on that. And it pisses people off that you're you say you're going to do what the fans want, and then you just blow it off. I mean, what happens to like what happened to the underdog stories? Like, I'm trying to stay away from the attitude era because I talk a lot about it. So like, say Mysterio and Kali, Mysterio eventually over time works him down. He beats him, and people love it. Brett, Hart, um, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat—they were all smaller guys and the most talked about. And half of them say they're the best they ever do it. I mean, <clears throat> that's even enough proof right there to say you don't you don't need a big guy squash match. Every damn night, like almost every damn match, quit pushing things off that that work and people love. Get the talent off two hundred five, put them on the roster, bring back the extreme stuff, <clears throat> have run-ins, heel turns, underdog stories. Like you need to blur that line between real and fake. You know, I I want to watch that show and be like, damn, like are they gonna get in trouble for that? Because maybe they weren't even supposed to do it. And I, I guarantee you, watch those ratings turn around. When you give people something to grab onto <clears throat> and believe again in this business, then you, I mean, you're going to see the changes that you want. I'm just going to bring um, to my final thing about WWE for right now. Um, it's going to be storylines. And this is something I cannot stress enough. Stop trying to revive old gimmicks. Bobby Roode isn't Rick Roode. Bobby is fucking Bobby, so let him be Bobby. He does. Stop trying to make him look like Rick. Let Rick be Rick. And let Bobby be Bobby. Um, the Boston Hug connection is not Mick and Rock. The four horsewomen are not the four horsemen. Let them be who they are. Do not run the past trying to revive something. I mean, people need to remember that back then and not remember the now versions of it. That's going to kill what all them talent busted their ass for over all those years to make good. But there's something you can do from that, I think, is you can get some takeaway from those. Use them as fucking learning. You saw what worked. You saw what concepts people bought into. You know people like stables. They like so-and-so, whatever. Find those concepts with the new generation without them being compared. That's not even compared. Like, stop trying to relive that again through them. Uh, you know, people like hardcore matches, steel cage matches, etc. That's fine. Use them with new people. My main thing is to let them find themselves. And they will take care of your business. It's If you're not the one being the character, you don't know how to make it something that's your own. Only they can. So back off. Give them some freedom. They're the ones that have plenty to offer and will give it their all. Stop destroying the past trying to revive it through new people. Right, that's what's going to bring the excitement back. When those people did that in the first place, come back to see everyone 
have like the let them have more moments that they don't really get anymore. It's the past; we all miss it, but we can create new, and you can create moments like that that people can talk about twenty years from now. Those changes need to be made, or it's, you're just gonna keep going down the same path you're on. People may feel different than me. That's okay, but I mean that's just how I see it. Though to be has the has the talent, or it can at least get the talent to to make that old feel again of what people love. You know, the, the, there is a saying of if it's don't broke, don't fix it. That shit should have been left alone. You know, it's ever ever since probably two thousand nine, two thousand ten or so. Between then and maybe 2012, that, that rains, it's, it's been steadily going downhill. And I don't understand why no one can pick up on that. Like I said, you know what works. Give people a little bit more creative freedom. Let them own who they are. And I promise you that they're going to change things. But uh, I'm going to go ahead with the AEW now. That's enough though to be. Um, I'm not going to have near as much detail as them. As I did with ODB, I mean, obviously they're still new. And I don't have enough on them to go that far into things. But I'll start with the pros of that I see, the positives of that business. Um, they've came out strong with their product because they've they've given those things that people are looking for. They have new. They have talent. I mean, shit, they, they sold out their pay-per-view in like 15 minutes. I mean, it's got to say something. They have new old talent. They have plenty of old talent, which, I mean, it's a great mix. I mean, especially when you get new and experienced together, that works wonders together. I mean, fuck, Cody came from one of the, the greatest of all times, Dusty. I mean, even his brother, he knows the business. They have they have many strong suits with all that, and I'm glad to see them mixing things up. But they stay current with the times, but they also give you something to grab onto. They have emotion in their story, and when you make fans feel emotion, Instead of making them think, oh, it's just a show, you're going to go a lot farther. I'm excited to see how they grow. I mean, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm not a brand fan. I love the business, so I'm going to support the business. I don't give a shit if you're, you've got 30 people in the audience or 25,000 in the audience. However, some things are not so strong, I think. I mean, they are new, so I could be wrong, and I might eat my own words here. But I think they've came out strong, and I think they've came out too cocky. They've came out throwing millions and millions of dollars worth of talent contracts. Uh, they've came out multiple times throwing shots at Dota B and the Attitude Era, even though they say they weren't trying to compete. They are trying to kill something that I mean that doesn't even exist anymore. I mean, which Cody said he's tired of being compared to the Attitude Era, which in my book is one hell of a compliment. But, Cody, my news to you there, bud. That is one of the greatest times in history for wrestling, and no one is comparing you to that era. I think they are comparing you to Dusty and Dustin. Why? Because they are your own damn family, your own blood. You look up to your father and your brother. Why, why wouldn't you want to follow those footsteps and make them proud just as you're doing? Stop using that as an excuse. You're not killing WWE. Your family, make your family proud. You're a damn good talent, and you're you're the one in the spotlight now. Grow your own path, make your own statements. Quit trying to kill what doesn't exist anymore. The attitude error has been gone for, <clears throat> for 
17 years, 18 years, it it's not there anymore. It's it's dead. It is, and people need to leave that alone before they kill what it was. And what are you gonna do? Get a rating a rating war with them again? What one company goes under, you get a few good years of being alone on the top, and then boom, you get stale. Your ratings drop. Here comes a new company. Try it again. It's a cycle. We've all seen it before. Compete on TV with each other, and you both can concede and help each other without even noticing. I made my words. I know whatever. It's the way I see it. Anyway, guys, that's just. I think that's all I can really say about them. If they just need to, they can help each other without helping each other. You know, if that makes sense. You know, give them something to draw into on, you know, AEW. Give something to them to draw in a Raw and SmackDown. You know, you you can make it work. But if you go out there against each other, then one of your companies is gonna die. Another company is gonna come up. They're gonna try it again. One company's gonna die. It's a, it's a never-ending cycle. We've seen it before, and I really hope we don't see it again. But I think that's gonna be it all for this week, guys. Don't forget to email us. Just interact, whatever. We love all you guys. Um, we'll see you guys next week, and don't forget, we saw it first. <laughs>